good the OG team is back together. Uh-huh. I kind of like yearn for these yeah. days. It feels like home, you right. know, yeah, like that little comfy spot back in that day where I say, Ev, let's do a podcast. And you're like, oh yeah, I got equipment. <laughs> so we're back together for this. And then I actually invited a few friends mm-hmm. that are amazing for Feeding Tampa Bay that are Emmy Award winning yeah. f- photographer and storyteller, Very which impressive. I'm going to say journalist. He's really a j- journalist, but right. gosh, he's he an amazing stories. storyteller. But we wanted them to join us at the table because actually how their company works, how they recognize EDI, how their photographers, their, everyone is trained, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anyone who's listening to this is really going to enjoy the input, understanding fake news, yeah. you know, all those things that you think in your head about media, how does somebody prepare? How do you prepare for an interview? What is fake news? How can you stay away from fake news? Right. We got it all in the show, yeah? From the horse's mouth. I mean, these guys, who would know better than them about, like, how do you how do you choose news to trust? Right, <laughs> right. And I think a really special part of this for me is you're such a talented storyteller. Thank you. Right? We're going to take that journalist because storytell- <laughs> you, you, you've got this just warmth and amazing talent about you. And it was really fun to have you talk with really a peer. Yeah. He may have taken a different path professionally. And, of course, we are so grateful to have you here at Feeding Tampa Bay. But that is just a path that hopefully you guys will do something together because I yeah. think it would be perfect. I agree. I agree. It's very cool to hear how they do their work, how they found their work, how they yep. got into this, all of it. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to give out a shout out to Lauren Paluska. You're being mentioned now because my friend, wow. <laughs> you guys listen and enjoy Michael Paluska, who is a reporter for ABX, ABC Action News. And uh, and of course, his, his partner in crime, Reed Muller, who is a photojournalist with ABC Action News. Right. The planets aligned. You guys enjoy. Okay, guys, we're going to start this conversation because you both understand twinning a little bit. I think Michael should go first because, Reed, actually, yours is more fun. <laughs> but go ahead, Michael. What's up with twinning? With twinning? Mm-hmm. Like in our relationship? or in No, general? with your, you are a twin. <laughs> well, we're, I am a twin. Yes. Uh, he's nine minutes older. His name's Patrick, and uh, he's crazy. He's crazy. Does he throw that older vibe? And he does. Yeah. I, I've always been the youngest. Nine minutes has never mattered. Oh, right. Man. You're the little brother. I, I have to eat my cake nine minutes later. I have to wait <laughs> no, to stop. open up my presents nine minutes later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Personality wise. What's uh, the difference? He's a lot funnier than me. He's, he's super funny. Yeah. Really? He's just like, he gets crazy and, and you really, when he gets in his comedic zone, he, you can't compare. And your personality him. is more like, hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I thought I was the funny one, but then I got into news and things got serious. <laughs> right, it, it dashed. It <laughs> yeah, kind it of, just dashed my kind hopes of, of comedy. Dashed. Oh, man. But Reed and I are twins because we have the same camera mm. and the same camera bag. But okay, okay, that, but that, that's ends. y'all are like minds, and I've worked with you quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Genius minds, I might add. Mm-hmm. But going back to twinning, so growing up, were you inseparable? Were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had every class together. They tried to hold one of us back. Because they thought it wouldn't be good, and I guess in that period of, of life that right. we would have a built-in friend. Mm-hmm. So they were like, you need to hold one of them back. And my mom's like, no way. We're yeah. not holding them back, mom. and we're not separating them. Good so we went through school together, every class. We had uh, went to University of Georgia together. We did most of our classes together. We lived together. When I moved away for work from my first job in Roswell, New Mexico, uh, we would call each other like, at the same time, like the, the twin tuition <laughs> oh, kicked wow. in. I was going to say, that was my next question. <laughs> and, Do yeah. you have, like, as younger, was the twin tuition um, stronger or does it remain the same as an adult? I think it's stronger as an adult wow. because when I was gone for four years, like away from home and all my family stayed in Atlanta and, you know, did their jobs and uh-huh. whatever. When he came to visit me, we literally, which is weird, but we would have the identical amount of product. <laughs> 
like the same toothpaste, the same hair gel, oh, the same toothbrush, wow. the same deodorant, like everything was the same, the same food. We, we bought all the same brands after like four years, which Dang. was weird. Uh, I don't like know. Like mind, really, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Which that's Even not really cool. Apart. We just bought the same toothpaste. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's, but... I think it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, we have a, a deep, a deep bond. Which is I awesome. love that. I yeah. love that. And a lot of times you hear that, but sometimes you don't. It just I, it depends on the people and the situation. So where does he live now? He's in Atlanta. Yeah, he has. Yeah, a, he's got a. Uh, I think she's eight. Elizabeth's eight now, and right. so he lives up in Atlanta at home. With right. My older brother lives there, and then my twin. So. Hmm. So three sons. Yep. Oh, I so get that. Okay, so before <laughs> we go mother. in, but, oh no, I love it. My, in fact, my fit today was chosen by my sons. Nice. My Nike collection is going to rival anyone you might know. Um, <laughs> And at 55, I hope I'm rocking it. So before we leave twinning, Reed, Uh-oh. Uh, what's uh-oh. your twinning story? Uh, well, I am not a twin, but I am dating a twin. Uh, so that's kind of okay. similar. By, by yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, I think that's like a, the new experience of it all. So mm-hmm. who you're dating, the twins, yeah. do they kind of mirror what... They're actually Michael's you're you're talking about food. She was uh, my girlfriend was at a gas station the other day and she saw Gus, Gushers the candy. Yeah, and she was like, "I got, I'm craving this. I have to have it." So she got it and she called her sister up and she was like, "You remember these?" And she was like, "I just ate some like, <laughs> no earlier today. Yeah, okay, for the first time. Wow. For the, yeah, in a long wow. time. Yeah." That's super weird. So yeah. it's there's yeah. got to be like some type of thing going. Like you <laughs> yeah. obviously. Because Michael's the twin, he, you know. Yeah. You're talking mm. about toothpaste and all that. I like. get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gushers in the same day. That same day. That's because wow. it's being sent. Right. Right. <laughs> on the twin railroad. Feeling it. Like yeah. the craving. And we're fraternal, yeah. so we don't look alike. Ah, uh, okay. And sadly, sorry, Patrick, he's losing his hair. Oh, no. Uh, <gasps> I know. Are you getting more as, as he loses his? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I, my, I got a mame up here. I'm like a lion. <laughs> right. Uh, but Stealing. his girlfriends, they're identical. They are identical, uh, So yeah. I can't, remember, I met your her sister, I couldn't I tell the difference between the two. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll show photos of themselves as kids and they'll want me to try to figure out which is which and I'm just like, don't do this to me. It's a trick question. Like, yeah, it is. Okay, so I used to know twins that used to maximize that look mm. and for fun trade places. So beware. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wow. kidding. Yeah, yeah that, there was a That was down in my, that's in your youth. You don't mm. do that because we're all grown up sitting mm. around this table. Mm-hmm. But that was in my youth and I had um, twin sisters that would do that and people wouldn't know. And then it would talk about with all the girlfriends at the lunch table. It's like, terrifying. Get out. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Yeah, please don't parent trap me or boyfriend trap me. I guess. You could say. <laughs> yeah, like don't do that to me. Yeah. The true test. Do you mm. really know which one is which? Um, okay, so, but moving on. Uh, I just thought that was a really cool fact about you, and we know that there's a lot of uh, twins out there, and you wonder, right? So, Michael, tell us about. You know, I know about your beautiful family. You know, you come from Georgia. We're Florida State here, so mm-hmm. we're really sorry about your experience and the, <laughs> the fact that you didn't get to uh, experience Seminole life. But moving forward, tell us about your fam. Uh, so I have uh, Parker and Layla. Parker mm-hmm. just turned three in December, and Layla just turned five months, and she'll actually be Aww. six months old in just a couple of weeks. Uh, two girls. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're everything. They're my whole world. Well, and your wife. Um, and my wife, Lauren. So yeah, my wife, of course my wife, Lauren. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like she's just included. That's a given. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like she's just included, but the girls are, right. uh, you, you got know. your girls. So how excited so, yeah. is your mom about having granddaughters? Oh, my mom, she wants to come down every month that she can. Mm-hmm. She wants to send <laughs> gifts, uh, except when my mom comes in, 
she just plays with the girls and makes me cook all the food, and then I got to do more work. <laughs> so, so it's great having the the parents come in, but uh, it does add more work for me. Well, yeah, but I and think there's a little boundary there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. little, it could be we we can become a little too much when it comes to. We have to watch just ourselves. Just role reversal. She's but, like, I but, cooked for you. So yeah. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but you she, owe me. She always buys the beer, though, so that's fine. <laughs> so, oh, well, there you go. Beer and wine. It's there's there's a trade-off. But uh, Layla is sitting up now, almost on her own, Aww. and started to try to do her role. And then Parker, she goes to preschool, pre-K, I don't know what it's called, but, you know, the, for three-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And she comes home every day because she's a really big talker because she was home with me during the pandemic. So she'll say, Papa. The other kids, they're not talking, Papa. Uh -huh. Why don't these kids talk? Right? I'm and bored. Bad. Yeah, and I'll feel bad. And I'll be like, honey, you know, you're just, you're a talker, you know? Mm -hmm. You listen Let's to me all along. day. And, but every day she comes home, she's like, <laughs> Papa, this kid didn't talk. Papa, this girl didn't talk. She like wants someone to talk to. <laughs> they're not talking extrovert. to me. But I'll have her sit on my lap when we get home and she'll stare at me and she'll uh, put her hands around my shoulders and then I'll ask her about her day and she'll talk to me about Aww. her day. So we do like a little debrief, but yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. And that, my friends, is how you create a daddy's girl. That's right. Yeah. Reed, talk mm -hmm. to us. So you have this twinning girlfriend. Mm -hmm. What else? Where are you from? This mm -hmm. is your home. Uh, well, my home was Virginia, but um, you know I have family that uh, were down in Bradenton, so now I'm here. <laughs> uh, and I've probably been here, I don't know, uh, seven years, something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a year after Michael was here. So how long have you been 20, in Tampa? 2015. So eight, yeah. So, so eight, eight, so eight years. seven. And you guys years have been me. working together that whole time. No. Oh no. 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 Uh, straight for a lot since of, the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So three oh, years okay. straight, and then we worked nightside together. But you know, it's staggered for photographers. Okay. Yeah, I guess the pandemic hit, and they uh, wanted teams together because they didn't want to kind of start mixing uh, and mingling teams, right. and then in case something happens. So which has worked out better in the long run. It did, yeah, because that's yeah. how we started working together, and then um, from there on, we kind of had the same mindset of like what we visualize stories to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just decided, like, this is a good fit, so yeah. we're going to yeah. be together. Yeah, nice. you guys um, have a vibe, for and, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so it's right. good. But, you know, uh, I like it now. I've uh, Ever since they kind of put us together, I was, you know, it's just keep working like I, I haven't really thought about where else I need to go because we kind of we kind of have a good gig yeah we're, right we're busy yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah and we don't we when the pandemic started there were so many stories about the pandemic so we tried to tell stories about people and humans and so mm -hmm. we didn't want to tell the typical pandemic story right but we wanted to tell the story of life being impacted right so it's kind of morphed you know like as the vaccines came out and things got a little calmer and now we've done a ton of stories on the environment right. of course feeding tampa bay we've yep. done uh, i think four or five uh, stories a couple of full circles yep um and so it's really nice to be able to tell i mean stories about the environment about politics about legal issues we're facing of gun control we've done stories on but then you guys offer a different type of humanity mm -hmm. because food so much has been touching so many people right, uh, right. and that's the thing is where we see not just people waiting for food in a line we get down to that micro level with people that you introduce us to and we really see how you know hunger is impacting families the economy is right. the pandemic it's so it's been it's been very eye-opening right like the, the this current situation the possible outcomes all of that you guys always help us share that story yeah. and i know you're busy because when i pitch a story which we'll get into how to do it the best way <laughs> i'm like okay a What's your timeline? Mm -hmm. And I have an idea. So that's kind of like you know exactly when your worlds can fit together and it works out perfectly. But before we go into that, you know, read with you being a photographer mm -hmm. um, and Ev mm -hmm. actually does all of the content for us, both um, print and digital. Okay. Uh, talk. 
you guys have because I'm so curious. It's like, has this always been a passion or whatever? But I'm really going to let the expert take over for just a minute on that. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny how I ended up getting into photography at all. I was uh, I was into creative writing for a long time, and they tell you after college, so you can't make money writing poetry. It turns out, so I was like, <laughs> who knew? Yeah, I, I what thought other it would work. Might you have? Yeah, so they they recommended I do a journalism grad program, and then in there there was like an intro to photojournalism class, intro to video journalism, and I was like, oh, this is actually a lot more fun than I. No offense to, to reporters, I was like, That's right. this is more fun for me. It's right. like you know the creative side, right. um, and from there it kind of blew up. But you know I'm. I'm definitely curious like about you know how you kind of found yourself in that and, and sort of you know what you like most about the job now and things like that okay yeah so it basically uh, all started with a English class uh, where you could either write a seven-page essay or a film a little short movie about the book you read yeah. and I'm like well I'm gonna film a book <laughs> right. that I read. you know that's gonna be the easier way out so get the uh, cliff notes and roll yeah exactly oh yeah oh yeah for sure so we made a, a quick little video of the uh, great Gatsby and uh, ever since then I was just like if I could just film my way through college and film my way through life yeah. like instead of like that's right. what I'm gonna do yeah uh, and yeah. that's how I pretty much ended up here yeah. so yeah yeah but uh I like it. And then I just, the passion grew. Like I learned more and more about cameras as I was like, you know, working. And now, you know, we ended up getting these cameras, finding out there's cameras that actually shoot better than other cameras and Mm -hmm. lenses that shoot better than other lenses. And they all cost more. I was going to say, how do you you, um, offset that addiction? You got 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 a budgeting. My girlfriend will say you got a budgeting. Oh, true. In your world, it can be written off, right? Yeah, that's true. But you still got to go up front. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not writing any of mine offset. I'm just just saving up money and Mm. then buying them and then saving money and buying them. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that the superstar photographer here was born out of laziness. Right? The easy way. <laughs> like the easy way out. There now. you go. And now you've yeah. learned something <laughs> along with our listeners. Yeah. That's so funny. Because he's not lazy. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, oh, I've been... But his but, brain works that way. But you right. know what? That's a kid thinking. And, and what a gift to be able to find kind of creeping up on your passion like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanted a more... It's not really lazy. It's more fun. Right? right. You were going the more fun route that could right. be more creative. And right. that started so young and now has turned into your passion and mm-hmm. Ev didn't even know it and it came up yeah. beside him in college and he's magnificent Thank and you. addicted to cameras as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell a quick story. I was like, I want to start photography, you know, because I believe I do so well with my phone. I have mm-hmm. a talent. Mm-hmm. So they sent me a link to go ahead and buy my little $3,500 starter <laughs> kit. <laughs> Well, you gotta have the and body like, and the lens and the media <laughs> and the, you know. I'm like, my iPhone is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I think I think you're you're like you said though, like you know, it's just you 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 get addicted to telling the story better, showing better visuals, yeah. and you're like, oh, if I just had this lens, and, right? You know, I'm sure your girlfriend's like, and this is how much, and you're like, it's like, only. Four thousand dollars for uh, well, for the lens. Yeah, alone. you know, it's like yeah, you you buy the lens first. It's like you know what they always say, like you ask for forgiveness over yeah, permission. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, that's my motto. Yeah, I love that. But you got to. I mean, I think it's. I mean, again, it's the budgeting. Like we've got our budget together, and then mm-hmm. she's got her money, and then I've got my yeah. money, and she lets me do whatever <laughs> I want with this. So, so there that will go. go. That there and then it all goes to uh, hers goes to clothes, and mine go to camera lenses. Everybody's got their. their so you got that kind of nunny business. <laughs> yeah. Fun on each side, which exactly. is a healthy and happy relationship in the there future, you go. I gotta tell right. you. Yeah. Um, right. So, Reed, we know how you got in, into your work and you're amazing at it. Again, I work with you all, all very often. Talk to me, Michael. How'd you become 
my mom uh, is, was uh, just a rampant news hound when we were kids. And so I re- remember growing up just watching CNN with her mm-hmm. uh, and she always just had the news on. So I always loved the news um, and I always watched it with her. So it was like we'd watch the weather and we'd watch the news and we'd watch national stories and, you know, uh, kind of dates me. But, you know, when when the first desert storm happened mm-hmm. and we invaded Iraq, I mean, I was glued to the TV watching all of that. And I was like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we moved actually from the States to Puerto Rico when I was a kid. My dad's job took us to Puerto Rico. And it's so beautiful down there. My mom bought me like a point and camera Mm. and so I just started documenting our life there and we had an old beta cam and -hmm. so I started filming like us in Puerto Rico and uh, just got hooked on on that and when I went to college I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I realized I was too dumb to be a lawyer. <laughs> and so I... Many of us At are, least right? with the LSAT, right. you know, taking the test. I think you're in a so, happier place. Yeah. I am, I am. You made the right choice. And my mom, I think, always thought being a lawyer was good, too, even though she liked the news route I went on. But she would always be like, you know, we, there's no lawyers in the family, Mike. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to be that lawyer. Yeah. And I let yeah. her down. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a, a, a journalist, but uh, it, was really my, it was really my mom. She kind of honed us. And we always told stories, and we always watched them together. So yeah. that's how it happened. So with that, that can kind of lead us into the next part of the conversation I want to talk about because, you know, I'm probably more closer to your mom's age than yours, but media has changed considerably. The approach of it, how it's covered, there's the goods, there's the challenging. What is your take on maybe media from that time, how things are covered and questioned from when you were watching it with your mom and segue us a little bit into today? like the difference? Well, I mean, we grew up at least, you know, I'll be 40 in May. And so I've grown up through technology. I mean, I'm one of those people Mm -hmm. that I know how to use all the new tech and mirrorless. But I mean, I started my first job shooting on a beta cam, editing tape to tape. And, you know, watching the news from my mom, you know, we only had so many channels. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media. So like, we just had to trust that whatever we were watching at that time, that major networks was giving us Mm -hmm. good information. But uh, today, there's so many different places to get information and social media can take things and make them so fractured mm-hmm. that our message that we do of truth every day and honest reporting and fairness can get just completely spun out by a politician or someone who just doesn't like what we're reporting on or your everyday viewer with like five followers that sees one story he hates and then blows you up on Twitter and puts you mm-hmm. on blast. So there's more of a media tornado where everything's kind of mixed up and thrown out into the world and everybody has opinions and now everybody's opinion is just going nuts. So we have to stay grounded there. So that's the progression I've seen just from growing up watching, you know, a cable box where I had to put the aluminum on the antenna. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to say we stole cable to get CNN, but I think someone may have hooked that coaxial up for us (laughs) in our backyard for free for a couple of months. I think many of us might know what that is, what that means. Mm -hmm. So that's... It's just a different animal now, and there's so many voices, which is great, because there's so many things in this world that we can cover, mm-hmm. um, but it can get completely skewed. And we have done plenty of stories, Reed and I, on misinformation and disinformation and, and the, the fake news world, and people can't spot it anymore. So people just see something, and once it gets out there, it a million people could see that viral thread, but no one's going to go back and see that it was corrected and it was fake. Mm -hmm. And so maybe 10,000 people out of the million go back and like, Oh man, dang, I got fooled by that. Mm. That that wasn't real at all, but it just lives like it just grows into this crazy animal. Yeah. And that's what we're dealing with. Right. So you have basically from the timeline, like going way back to the fifties, those iconic individuals or stations that you could count on, 
mm-hmm. and tr- trust, if you will, smaller group. And now it's expanded. I think news is richer, more broad. But then, you know, that I, for me, I think that that's why, you know, folks, person, we all have a different personality on what, how we see the world, right? So the folks that grab onto that unnecessary fake news, we know that it's happened, and it just kind of sometimes taints the really good hard work that's going in for other people. And part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys today is kind of give, you know, the, our listener a chance to understand that maybe check the facts first before, because it's, what do you think the ratios are, if you would guess, on what might be fake, but really what might have a lot of work behind it. Because a lot in the public eye, you see the negative. Mm-hmm. And we want to go towards the positive. Like, what can folks look for? What should you do before you judge when it comes to storytelling? Uh, well, I would say if you watch our stories, um, like Michael was saying, they are pretty grounded. Like, when I work on one of our stories, I try to just focus on that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a lot of tornado of news and um you're getting tidal waves thrown at you but i just stay focused on my story and that's just what i work on Mm -hmm. so if i'm working on a feeding tampa bay story you know that's that's my focus Mm -hmm. and that's all i'm working on um so i'm 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 gonna just be grounded there Mm -hmm. um and i ignore everything else i Never really watched the news when I was growing up. I was kind of thrown into the news world because that was the first job I took. Um, so I, I just have a passion of just making good stories. And um, that is my goal is just we're going to tell the most accurate, best and visually stunning story that we can with the right. equipment that we can yeah. until right. I get that better lens. Or <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. until, from that off your wish list. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I have a quick question out of five as a follow up. Um, so, just yeah, out of curiosity for myself and for listeners, like, how much control do you guys get over the stories that you tell, and how do you choose? Like, because obviously, you know, there's a there's a lot of pull with the fast paced news to do things that are kind of empty and entertaining. And mm-hmm. how do you guys choose, you know, stories of substance, and and how much control do you get over that? I'll say real quickly. Mm-hmm. that uh, I get kind of pulled into the stories by whatever he pitches, so I'll let him <laughs> tell you that answer. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, what, what was that one story of the dude at the airport? We, we did the story. He was shooting planes, Maurice Allen. Mm-hmm. A guy came up to him, and he was an artist, and during the pandemic, he hadn't, he hadn't played. And Maurice, he was just shooting B-roll planes for a story I was doing. And I got his number, and we did a long-format story and watched him play music and mm-hmm. interviewed his son. So he did pitch one story. He got one in the can, but he sends more. I look for anything that's curious, creative, and different. Like I'd rather be like a, uh, the reporter that stands out in a hurricane and does the crazy stuff because I one enjoy it but two it sets you apart from your colleagues like if you're the guy that's going to be the firebrand journalist and go out and have fun mm-hmm. like we went hiking and we tracked pythons in the Everglades <laughs> yep. last year yep. and we went on road with people as they were rescuing manatees we stood out in the middle of the hurricane Ian you yes. know we stood at the bottom of the destruction of Hurricane Nicole but we look for stories and to your point to your question I look for stories that I know is of interest to the viewers, what could have an impact to them, where they could learn something, something we know is visually going to be there to to suck them in and to Mm -hmm. want them to watch. And then everything that I write goes through a producer, my news director, my assistant news director, it's fact checked. We make sure everything's, you know, Mm -hmm. just just buttoned up. And you were saying, who do you trust? Like how does Mm -hmm. how do our viewers or listeners to this podcast know? I mean, the the news agencies that are around, you know, the credible news agencies Mm -hmm. like ABC Action News, local news. All of those folks, 
they cover everything, right? But they might cover one story that might skew uh, more political, mm-hmm. but they, you know, a week later they might skew one that goes less more political towards the other candidate, towards the other group. Right. But all that sort of gets mixed up, and they're like, "Oh, they never covered, you know, for example, what's going on with the classified documents." Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people. I had somebody in my hot tub the other day was like, "Oh, I had the news really going after Biden now. I can't believe this liberal news place is going after Biden. I don't get it." And I'm like, "Well, they're going after him because there's a reason to go after him." Right. <laughs> like journalists will go after everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will go after my own mother <laughs> if I have to. Wow. Okay. You know, I mean. Ouch. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, I will come after you yeah. if I have well, to. Well, I've, right. I've done the math, and I couldn't be your mom. Thank God I feel better about that. <laughs> you did the math. <laughs> you can, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing is that I think people just – we're human beings – we love telling stories. I think people see us out there as like, we're that calculated where we want to spin things and get political. Like we're not that smart, nor do we have enough time in the day with all the interviews we do and all the editing that Reed does. And like, I could have 40 pages of interviews that I've logged and I have to condense that down to like four pages and then weave the story through it. Right. So like, I I don't have time to go through 40 pages and pick a soundbite that's taken out of context. That doesn't help me at all. Right. At all. Right. Plus like most things you want a following, you want people, to appreciate and understand your work Mm -hmm. you know so there's like you just said all the layers it goes through there's quite an effort put in for that end product that someone finally sees whether it be on on their television or digitally which is most popular now um so pitching if somebody has an idea you know i have my style of course whatever the case may be that i've worked into through my career what is the best way for someone to get you to cover a story or get your attention? What do you need from them? Uh, It has to be newsworthy. I mean, first off, it has to be something that is in the public's interest. It can't be like something like, uh, you know, just a little tiny backyard issue, like Mm -hmm. someone's fence is broken and the neighbor calls. They're like, my neighbor's fence has been broken for weeks. You know what I mean? that's not Well, if if it rose the level of the fence is broken, but there were vandals and now there's a family of armadillos that keep coming in and (laughs) it's tearing up our yard, whatever, you know, there there has to be if then that. It's almost like machine learning. And a a story like that would probably go to one of our co- um, General assignment reporters. Yeah, right. Okay, an employee yeah. of ours. But, yeah. you know, because, but we do, you know, these bigger formats and the stories that we do, uh, we don't, we're not on TV every, or I guess you're not on TV, but our stories aren't, aren't on TV right. every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be every now and then. So you're not going to be able to turn on ABC Action News and be like, okay, who was this uh, Michael guy on this podcast? Let me see if I can watch him. Right. You right. might not be on at that time in the morning or right. afternoon or evening. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find a Michael, not to pitch our, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Promote me, baby. Go for it. Yeah, at yeah. Michael uh, Paluski Instagram, <laughs> uh, yeah. Facebook. There you go. Twitter, uh, we'll link that in. But there's a lengthy process for how a story gets approved. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you pitch a story to me or if a viewer pitches a story, you know, it goes into a meeting and then all the other folks bat, bat around their ideas of what the story means. How do we tell the story? Uh, what It's interest, impact, and immediacy are the three eyes. There you go. And so it has to sort of hit all of those. And, and, and if it's a, a story about a nonprofit that's struggling or someone who needs money to feed people or, you know, someone's van got stolen or, you know, a family member has that kid has cancer and they need funding. I mean, all those things kind of weigh into it. Right. You know, so everything we do is through a filter of really smart people that are looking for the best story that viewers want to watch that's presented to them in a way that they can trust. Mm. So there's not really like one way to pitch a story for us to do it. It's just like, it has to be a whole lot of 
things that it hits. Right, and, and the overarching bigger picture is finding a new source that you can trust, that you know these folks are going through all of those steps yeah. to deliver you factual information, whether it be heartwarming or you know controversial, or whatever the story, like you yeah. can, eat, for instance, with you guys is really a lot of your reporters and really Tampa Bay, our market is pretty good about that, right? You can actually follow the story very simply and very easy. Yeah. Um, so it really starts from that top, really going back to that story a long time ago, those trusted sources were all that you see. Now those trusted uh, sources help mold um, and you know, match that creativity that's under their roof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For the 100%. most part. So is, you know, flashing forward, is there any news stories that have changed the way that you approach a story? Mm. Oh, you know, and this is national. This may not, it, it can be national. Oh, not just one. Yeah. So, right. So is there any coverage mm. or topic that is made to where you approach things differently? Uh, well, visually, um, I would say I would, it would be more just TV shows or whatnot that I would watch it and just want to visually do it. I'd yeah. say, for, I mean, um, so that way you're watching angle. angles and cause you're so creative in your photography and telling a story and the angles are different. They're, you're just, your creativity mm. shows, mm. you know, he may be doing the talking, but it's right. you who are showing everything that he's talking about and doing. Yeah. So do you get, you get that from maybe yeah. angles in TV shows or whatnot? Do you yeah. get that right. too, Ab? Do you uh, see? Yeah. I think, I think you probably absorb it from everywhere that you see a camera at work probably. Right. Like. Right, yeah. You see like a movement and you're like, oh, I want to like run an angle or like right. a, a sun flare or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I want to kind of get or that drone right. How with graphics over it. Like when yeah. you're on that. Mm -hmm. like, oh. like, all right, what can I do? Ev's got yeah. the drone too. <laughs> Reed will, I'll give Reed an idea of like something I saw that I like, uh, mm -hmm. like maybe a cool opening to a new show. And I'll be like, can we do that for our opening for this story? Mm -hmm. And he'll make it happen because he's a mad genius. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say like uh, for... The visuals um, in a show, um, maybe like the graphics or the text or whatnot, you know, I kind of think of like, okay, how do I make this instead of just the white text on the screen? Uh, I don't want to go too over the top and kind of um, put too much um, processing through somebody's mind, you know, mm -hmm. as they're watching it. Um, yeah. But I do want to just kind of make it where it's it looks a little bit cleaner and different than what um, some... Um, news reporters would do. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I just, I get my ideas from a little bit of everywhere, yeah. but not necessarily from news. Yeah. Right. Um, it goes back to being an artist. Yeah. That yeah. just happens to work in news. So, yeah. <laughs> just like he just happens to work in you know, I, I, right. I haven't heard that before, but I'd say that's it. I, I mean, that's what I'm getting from you. Like I want to team up just, with these two guys. Yeah. Hey, you know. Oh, yeah. You guys need to go out, out. Yeah. together and, and show yeah. people what's up, actually. <laughs> um, I'm thinking more of, and kind of what I'm leading into, but you guys didn't take the bait, is. Um, I knew what you were saying. Yeah. It has. has and I just didn't want to say it. No. <laughs> and, you know, we can edit it out if you guys right, don't want yeah, to talk about yeah. it. But I'm oh, no, mentioning that. So, full transparency. You know, I'm actually on a, um, you know, we're talking about stories, being clean, factual news, things like that. Mm -hmm. Stations um, 
in particular, even going more towards the direction of DEI, mm -hmm. making sure things are, are represented properly. And for your station, yeah. I actually sit on one of those committees the on this board. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on that too, the ED, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just had a meeting we were listening to before we came in here, and we, we had to cut it short, but it was on uh, anti-woke. Mm -hmm. So we have experts come in to talk about right. different stuff for us to learn. And I knew what you meant by has has uh, how we report change. It has changed. Like at ABC Action News, we don't show someone's mugshot anymore mm -hmm. because right. there was all the backlash with the George Floyd mm -hmm. protest because because people were being painted in a light as they were criminals right. because the news would always use mugshots of a, a Hispanic guy or a black guy or, you know, right. and it, and it just, it takes away from the person's humanity right. and we weren't doing it right. So now we have strict guidelines where we have to have five managers that, that go through and they say this mugshot's approved because this person killed 14 people and they're still on the run, for mm -hmm. example, right. you know, or, right. so it has to be like in the public's interest to see that person, mm -hmm. to right. identify them, to stop them. Um, but I've changed a lot just because as you interview more people, you know, early on in your career, you're so excited to get an exclusive, you know, even if that exclusive was something that was horrific, mm -hmm. you know, but you got the exclusive right. and you're telling the story. Over time, it just kind of shifts because you see so much pain and suffering and you're excited to tell the story because you want it to get out, but you want to be more empathetic. So I've completely changed how I go after stories and people and when I have to knock on doors, which thankfully I don't have to do that as much lately because we're special projects, but I have mm -hmm. to go knock on doors all the time of people that just lost people right. in the most horrific way possible. And I always yeah. be like, oh man, really? Right. I right. Got to do this again, especially in Atlanta because Atlanta is oh. a crazy market and I worked there for several years. Um, but empathy to your point right. is how I scope and craft all of my reports. Right. And it's looking at not, not like pity or feeling sad. It's literally empathy where you I right. feel something every time I write a script for someone that was brave enough to share you know a piece of themselves with mm -hmm. us so that's why I think our stories are great because I can see it in my brain my stories the people the humanity and he can actually put it out mm -hmm. video wise right he can take my notes and he can see the the strength of a soundbite on paper mm -hmm. and then turn it into something amazing so that we honor that person yeah no matter what the story is that mm -hmm. like wanted to talk to us yeah so yeah we're always changing to meet uh just humanity and, yeah. and being good people yeah and i think that speaks as your team effort because on your end you have an internal um and on but i'm on the external right so mm -hmm. then we have those conversations about should much mug shots what should be our policy on mug shots and mm -hmm. what have you or that committee is the one who would represent and talk during your internal you know, advisory committee, I guess, is is what the word I'm looking for, even though they don't title it that. Right. But I mean, that that speaks to, you know, how our world has changed and the effort uh, that companies and talent and individuals and employees like team based all the way around um, are moving in that direction, which I think is just so wonderful and comforting and yeah. truthful yeah. and worth watching. <laughs> um, is there any, um, you know, etiquette no-nos, like uh, actually moving into someone you're interviewing, can you give kind of a little prop up to what to expect? How can somebody be comfortable being part of someone's story? Oh, I would say uh, Michael does a great job when he interviews people about being conversational. Uh, he, he doesn't really go in there with too many questions that are written down on a paper, if at all, and he'll just... Uh, but it's it's like you know they're having a conversation and then we try to and then we'll throw the cameras up and sometimes if we just 
back the camera off and have like a two shot mm-hmm. uh, instead of right there in their face, uh, then they kind of are able to open up a little bit more. Yeah. So I think Michael does a great job yeah. at, you know, just making the delivery, people, yeah. make people feel comfortable. Sure. Because, you know, it's intimidating to have a camera in front of you. Yeah. But I always I don't ever take notes and I just read up on everything and then I just follow the flow of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like there's certain things if I'm doing a certain story on a specific topic uh, like food, like when we interviewed Barb, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to get to the root cause and I wanted to ask her tough questions that she may not want to answer to highlight her struggle. Right. So people see that. Right. Um, but you want them to be super comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any etiquette no-nos really because every person's different so like you know there's been people that after interviews you shake their hand and you're like I think it's very formal there's been people after interviews I hug mm. yes uh, you know and, and sometimes I do that and I'm like hey, I'm a journalist I probably shouldn't do that <laughs> you know but some you just yeah but that's an authentic go vibe with the op- yeah. and yeah. that's going to put yeah. that person you're interviewing in that mm. comfort zone because I've been with you enough to see it mm. yeah. yeah you know it's just and I can't sure change who I am like right. I can't change how someone makes me feel after I interview right. them mm-hmm. because they impact us Right. As well. Probably yeah. more so than us impacting them. And another thing that not uh, that Michael does great. Is um I was I was uh talking to my girlfriend and she was like you know what what does what does michael do that stands out from other people and i would say you know the topics that you're talking about um really well almost on an equal playing field as the people we're interviewing and it can be anything it can be medical it can be environmental it can be political uh and you just you can kind of have that conversation with them and there's no like i've you know please break this down for me uh, you know, like you can just go in there and have this conversation. So it's not what it's not about what we shouldn't do. It's mm-hmm. about what we are doing. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the preparation, which goes mm-hmm. to journalism. Yeah. Proper journalism. <laughs> well, the lady yesterday, we interviewed a doctor that uh, she does brain research up at University of Florida for a story we're working on. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, she said, can I get a copy of the report before uh-huh. it airs? I was like, no. <laughs> I'm trying to be like super nice. And she's like, well, you know, just send me a draft. And I was like, that's, that's not nope, what we that's do. No, that's not how we work here. In and fact, she, we gave you questions. You're like, yeah. I get questions first? Yeah. 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 And she was like, uh, and I didn't send her any questions either. Because uh, you don't do that either. Um because you want it to be all raw and real. But then right. she goes, well, I interviewed some people and they didn't spell Alzheimer's right and they misspelled my name. Oh, and no. I just went and I go, listen. <laughs> I got this. We're good. Yeah. We, you know, if, right. I'm not going to misspell your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can get this far with like mis- misspelling the fields that your subjects are in. Right. You know? like, I <laughs> and I don't know who she was talking to. Right, I'm, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, she had a poor experience. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> what is your favorite FTB story so far? Uh... This one. No. Uh, <laughs> Good choice. Oh, it's yeah. probably the same one as me. You go. Oh, I. Well, we did one with the kids. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's yours too. Yeah. Child Child hunger. Is that yours too? Yeah. yeah I mean, child, yeah. yeah. And I thought I thought that one was um, better than what the people at the Emmys thought. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> did that get nominated? But we it didn't got win. Got nominated, but didn't win. Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, win. I got nominated, but well, didn't we got to see that's what right. we can do about that. That's yeah. one of my favorites as well. And matter of fact, we'll okay. put the link to the story. Um, for the podcast so everybody can take a look at you oh, guys, nice. both of your incredible work. Mm. And you're speaking of Emmys, um, part of the reason why you're even here is because you're both multi-Emmy Award winners. Tell us a little bit about that process. Uh, you just kind of enter and you <laughs> cross your fingers and there you go. Uh, no, you, but you uh, look at the work, it's what you enter, right? So is, is it yeah. something that you have a passion about? 
uh, that you feel is the greatest work of that year? How how is that something that you hone in on? Yeah, well, uh, for me, I just I want to enter because uh, w- you know when you air something in the TV, you don't see there's no studio audience or anything like that. You know, right. it just kind of goes, and then that's kind of it, and you don't really get any. Feedback. Maybe yeah. Mike will get some uh, feed, uh, positive and negative <laughs> feedback you know, if the, they don't like it or not. Uh, but I, I get absolutely nothing, so I'm just kind of like, I, I got to give him more feedback. I got to yeah. give you more feedback. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got to enter in. I need to enter in for like an Emmy or something right. like that to see, uh, to see if what I'm doing is yeah. worthwhile. And, and it turns out it kind of is yeah. Uh, yeah. for some people. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, what, that's why I do it. I yeah. mean, we worked for four months on a story about manatees uh, for environmental, and we submitted it for environmental reporting, and it won. Mm-hmm. And then we also did a story where we went out and hunted pythons for environmental reporting, and it won. And I think we love the environmental reporting, too, because it's so visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, if it's super visual and we had to work on it a long time and it's like something that no one ever gets to do, mm-hmm. you want to put that in for an Emmy right? because it's just different. But it's, it's great to win, but it also just sort of validates... Uh, you know what you do with your peers and it's just something our jobs are so hard we can at least celebrate one small victory and move on yeah like no one's saying oh, i got all these emmys i'm done <laughs> you know because right. i right. mean no it just it's like checking a box right it's yeah something like a goal to have yeah so it's really interesting because you guys kind of influenced me to look into it uh the work that our team does actually can uh, uh, be nominated for emmy work so yes. we're looking to do that uh, with Ev and his team <laughs> in get you 2023. Let's an Emmy, baby. Then I'm going to quit. Because, <laughs> right? Because, you know, I was thinking of just like, Reed, the way you're explaining it is you work so hard on developing something that you're so proud of. Mm-hmm. What a cool opportunity. So I started digging around and come to find out was introduced to um, the president for the state and they explained how we could apply. How do you do it? As an organization. So is that an organization for a certain category? Mm-hmm. Like nonprofit Emmy, mm-hmm. they have nonprofit. They have teaching. There's so many different levels, and mm-hmm. it's it's really along the same same uh, platform that you guys yeah. do annually. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that would be really interesting for our teams to try because we're always about kind of raising that bar, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. We get nominated. We could all go to the gala together. In Orlando. <laughs> there you go. You know? There you go. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll be amongst friends. I would love it. I would love it. So that's a FTB 2023 goals. Yeah. 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 There you have it. So we're closing out the show. We appreciate you guys so much uh, coming and joining us. I, we love working with you. Obviously you are just two of the most trusted people in our world to cover what's important to feeding Tampa Bay and help lift that message and eventually end hunger, right, in this community. And and that will be your next story that's coming out. Uh, We'll put a link there as well because their story on feeding hunger went out. And I just think it's absolutely brilliant from a national perspective, another food bank, our food bank, and then, of course, from someone in our care. So that's really what the full circle is about, right, telling all of the story about that. So the links in um, the information, and right now it's time for rapid fire, right? <laughs> so rapid fire, food, we're all about food. We know something mm-hmm. good always happens around the table. Uh, Reed, go first. What food do you crave? Mm. And it can't be Gushers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, margarita pizza. Huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, me too. Oh yeah, it's oh, so yeah. good, and there's thin crust, yes. whatnot. You can put any, well, I was gonna say any toppings, but it's margarita pizza. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. the whole idea that, is to yeah. keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I guess the balsamic vinegar. Yes, yeah, the there you go. That's, That's when you get fancy. <laughs> That's when you get fancy. Well, my, I, I have a very specific food I crave. It's uh, holy shiitake from Mellow Mushroom. Oh, okay. All okay. day, all day. I mean, yeah, Love with the garlic mushroom. and the aioli and the shiitakes. All right, Boom. all right, so. But, and lobster tail. Hitting pizza and then, and then stepping categories. it up. And the pizza 
and then stepping it up a notch, right? Um, so best, so I want you to think, and it, this could be anything. It could be with a friend, family member. Again, we go back to great memories are created around a table. Best memory around a table. I think you should start with Michael because I got the first question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, so he gets this question. <laughs> okay. So he can hear your answer and go with what he wants to go with. Well, What's yours? Mine's always Thanksgiving. Hmm. My, yeah, my mom, very... and I always go back to my mom, my mom loves Thanksgiving. And uh, when I lived and worked in Atlanta, all my family was there. So I haven't really been home for very many Thanksgivings. But it's the memory that I have when we were a complete unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad passed away six years ago. Uh, and I spent his last Thanksgiving with him. He came to Tampa. And so oh, wow. that's always a time of year that I remember him and my mom. And we just sort of celebrate. So it's, it's really Thanksgiving, really. But like any time you have that throughout the year, right. whether and Easter's coming up. And, I, you know, my mom loves Easter, too. So I'm going to try to get her down and cook some right. lamb. And, but any moment like that, I think, where you're breaking bread with friends and family. Yes. That's it. Yep. Uh, I would say Thanksgiving, and anytime you're breaking bread. <laughs> no, Come uh, on, pizza with buddies. I'm in the front of the camera. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but for real, though, uh, we, we do go to the beach a lot for Christmas and Thanksgiving, oh, cool. and um, it's always the family. And um, my grandfather had a house um, on Palmasola Bay, and that was just kind of like where we would go, and that's just where memories were. have been... All my life, right. so it's just it's where the memories have been, and it's also where the memories are going to go. Right, they no. keep going on, right? Yeah. Okay, so final question: You are at a table, and you can invite anyone to join you at the table. They could be here, or they could be not be. Who's at your table with you? My girlfriend. Nice. I got it. Okay. <laughs> she's listening. I Good see her. man. <laughs> You're, she's like at the forefront. This one forgets to mention his wife. He goes straight to the kids. So we know where we're at here. But your girlfriend and and four. Uh, let's see. Okay. Four uh, people. Four, four people. total. Four total. You and three others. Um, mm. uh, I'd have to bring. You know, my parents. Um, definitely. You know, they. Um, I. I'm always down here working, and I only see him during the holidays, so it would be nice to just kind of have a sit-down, not where there's, like, six cousins and right. aunts and uncles, just them down here. Um, so I would say them. So that's, what, three? So am I the fourth? Yeah, you're the fourth. <laughs> Unless you don't want to be there for so, some reason. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you want intimate moments with your families. You know, mm. your personal loved one and your parents. You mm. want those intimate moments around that table. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... Uh, that, my or cousins my, aren't pulling on your my, dad. My girlfriend asked, <laughs> asked me about this, about uh, who I'm inviting to the wedding. So uh, I've been through these questions. Uh, okay, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right. So, <laughs> who are you going to pick? <laughs> my, right. I was thinking more historic. It I can mean, go either way. It can go any way yeah. you want. Yeah. Well, I would, I would love to have dinner with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay, yeah, so he's I, one in one like chair. Him. And then, um, man. And I, why, it, before you go there, why Harrison Ford? <laughs> I just I'm sorry, I grew I up on Indiana off. Jones yeah. and like the guy's yeah. just such a, a bad dude. Yeah. Like I, just, I don't you know. Say badass here. He's badass. <laughs> so such a badass. I I don't know. Just the, the Harris Ford would be cool. And then I was thinking, uh, just kind of dorky, but I'd love to have dinner with JFK. Mm. So Harris Ford JFK, mm. and then um, I like Junior JFK. Mm. I, I didn't. For I, a I whole bring, different reason. I could bring my wife, but I already <laughs> forgot about her. So you so know, yeah. J, you have JFK at the mm-hmm. table. You have Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. One more. One more. Um, yeah, I, 
One more? I, One more. I'm like to rack in my brain else. here. Just like Matt. You know? Um, yeah, is there uh, any... Uh, let's say Fidel Castro. Okay. You know? Dude, that's some... You've there got you go. JFK and Fidel at the table. Yeah, that'll it's, be an interesting conversation. I mean, I want to list like, all the hottest <laughs> celebrities that you know, I've never... Right, right. I've never met. I have dinner yeah. with like, you know, Natalie Portman. I had a crush on when I was a kid. Or, yeah. <laughs> but I, JFK and Fidel would be great. Mm-hmm. It then, real, from then, a journalist perspective, the yeah. way you're saying that, and then of course you need Harrison. I need Harrison to there. coach you on how to handle crap. I <laughs> know uh, I should have went with like cinematographers or something like that. Or Are you going to kick out mom or dad? They can't yeah, come now. It's like, like <laughs> all right, well, all right uh, well, let's see. Uh, dad will have to go, yeah, but then sorry. I'll bring in Steven Spielberg. <laughs> but Me your mindset, because you kind of sneaked it in a little bit. So you're engaged and you guys are starting to plan a wedding? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, what Why I, did you, that, that's what I thought I heard. That's what I heard. Well, invited we're, to a we're, just, we're having fun. We're yeah. talking. We're like, who would you bring? Well, right. we just, we've been to a bunch of weddings. My friend had a small wedding. He only invited like 10 people. And we're like, well, if you, if we had a small wedding. <laughs> a hypothetical game. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. who would you bring? Yeah, you know? for sure. Okay, well, like Harrison Ford would come to the wedding. When it happened, yeah. when it happened you heard it here first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank um, you guys. Gosh, I, I have in my mind that everybody at, at Michael's table. That is like one of the most <laughs> unique ensembles I, we have heard to date. Um, and it was a hell-raising one. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much. I look forward to working with you mm-hmm. in the future. Thank and it's really us. not about who you work for. It's who you work with. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you guys so much. I can't tell you how thrilled we are. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Beating Tampa Bay.